Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie? Our movie this week is My Favorite Martian. Why? Yeah. Well, explain why in a sec. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray. Press play, press pause. When the Walt Disney Pictures logo fades to Mars. The first train you perceive of all Mars, press pause. The second place to 3, 2, 1 on pause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with three friends in your head, one of whom worked on My Favorite Martian. Surprise. Yeah. Ah. Guess who it was? It was me. My name is always T. Christie, my friend Brian William Venator. Greetings. And uh, and Trey Zoot Stokes. (laughs) Trey the Amazing Zoot Stokes. Hi. Hi, Trey. What were you doing in 1999 or 98, I guess? Uh, well, 98, I was uh, coasting on uh, having finished Starship Troopers, and then I coasted right off the cliff into making My Favorite Martian. Mm. It was a good time. It was a good time. Well, but I got to work with the Beatles the year after that, so, you know, there's, it's, it's a roller coaster. You can do a lot worse. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie, I didn't see it when it came out. Uh, I was <laughs> honestly right in the right age range. I just didn't see it when it came yeah, out. Yeah, really? And... Um, so you maybe, hit, maybe a you hit blast from the past, but you missed my favorite Martian. Yeah, I had a weird trajectory. That's yeah. weird. Well, maybe the, I was a little old for it. I don't know. I, I just in your in your own defense, uh, this movie doesn't know what age range it's going for. So so that's part of the problem. It does have that going on. Yeah, there's some wildly vacillated. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Tone um, is an issue with this movie. But yeah. uh, I hadn't seen it, so I watched it just in prep for this, and I choose to believe that this is actually Will McAvoy. This is the origin story <laughs> of Jeff Daniels' character in the newsroom uh, because he does play a reporter in this and. He you know, he's honestly the same exact character, just a little bit less subdued. That's the only difference. Yeah, he screams more, but but not that much more. That's the only difference. Yeah, and there's more like Christopher Lloyd's head shit. Yeah. But aside from that, it's fine. No, I you know, it's harmless, fun. Uh, not a movie I'll, I, I, I feel particularly compelled to revisit after this, uh, but I'm sure <laughs> there'll be some fun stories because there's always fun stories from the making of movies, especially when you have a huge, 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 huge uh, like corporation behind it. Yeah. Like you can't just like slip this one by Disney, I'm assuming. Anyway, we'll find out. But yeah, fine, inoffensive, but I'm interested to hear the stories. <laughs> a fine, inoffensive movie. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the live stream, I've replaced Trey Stokes with the image of Zoot. How you doing? Just to, so he, yes. <laughs> now, I just have a request. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not actually a frame from the movie. No, that's, that's, that's art still. That's clearly, well, you can tell because that's clearly a human shape in there, which means it's not our digital. That's that's some publicity picture where they've just, so someone's, someone's wearing it and they, they just airbrushed him out for the for the still. That's oh, not uh, cool. I mean, I made this. I painted it myself. Yeah. That's an image that I created. Copyright me. Sure. Anyway, Brian, are you a big fan of My Favorite Martian? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love this movie. <laughs> Since uh, you were when a kid? it came out, yeah, I've seen it dozens of times. Lying. No. Yeah. Uh, had never seen it. We'll never see it again. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Great Scott. But there, I mean, there is good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Will McAvoy. Uh, uh, I mean, Jeff Daniels. Uh, <laughs> is, is fun. I wish, like, he, he, does, he does as good of a job as he can do, given the material. Obviously, we know Jeff Daniels is a great actor. I was surprised to find how much both he and Chris are committing. They're both in yeah. it to win it. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I, well I feel I, like Chris we'll is We'll get just, into that. I'll tell you about it. I feel like Chris is just... He's doing yeah, Chris is and not he knows it. quite bringing it, but um, oh, by the way, but there's there's a reason. It there. works out to be just about right that we are as far away from my favorite Martian as my favorite Martian is from Back to the Future. Wow. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> Back to the Future is like it's like the zero BC. It's like everything is in reference to that. <laughs> we're just as close to Cleopatra as Cleopatra is to Back to the Future is to the moon landing. <laughs> Basically, you can work your way all the way down. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, this is, goes at the very top of my you know, move, favorite <laughs> movies about Mars. Yeah. Um, no. Very, no. They were very careful nope. and realistic. It's, yes. it's this and the one with Carrie Ann Moss, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, Trey, aside from all the working yeah. on it stuff, I'm assuming you've seen this movie more times than you 
would like. I to haven't have. seen it a lot. I'll tell you that. I uh, how, do you, how do you feel about the movie itself? Qua it, movie. It's this is definitely one of those. Um, I'm not going to go as far as say it's like the, the the asylum movies I've been part of, but it's like it's it's. I think it was more fun to work on than it is to watch. Uh, it's just it's a little it just misses and and. Uh, even at the time, there were things that I was like, really? Are we going there? Because this movie was going through, like like you hear about movies, I can testify this is one of them, was going through a lot of changes as we were making it. That every day was like, you know, we're going to do this new scene, we're going to add this scene. And there was a period, you know, and, and we'll make this a quick preamble because, you know, this, there's plenty of movie in which I'm not even involved, so there'll be plenty of time to talk about random stuff. But I'll just say that overall, this was a, a really interesting for me experience of really being part of a movie where we started with a script and they're like okay eh, it's all right and then as we were heading toward production there were rewrites and things would be negotiated and we were of course were planning our effects and that would affect the script and other people were planning their effects and that would affect the script and the script started to shape up and shape up and it's like oh you know this actually could be a thing this is you know kind of just a charming fun and the jokes are getting good and the effect scenes are going to be kind of fun and then the process kept going and the thing mutated and metastasized. And, and a lot of the scenes that were, you know, and we'll get to them where you probably went, what? Chan- chances are that was like a late addition hmm. that uh, that wasn't really ever part of the plan. And a couple of them like, you know, we don't, like, wait, we're doing what now? What's this? What's this new scene going to be? So I felt like the, the movie was headed toward, you know, being a perfectly acceptable, you know, yeah. wacky, fun, lighthearted baby boomer remake comedy. And then it kind of went off the rails and became confused. <laughs> you're, you're confused, movie, and you don't know what you're trying to be. And uh, or do yes, exactly. Oh, so, he said it. <laughs> so, but uh, but it was very interesting being sort of halfway part of that process and halfway privy to to some of those decisions. And uh, you got to see it, but you didn't get much on you. I did. Yeah, I didn't get much on me, and I didn't. I couldn't steer the boat, but I could see the iceberg coming. So uh, it was all. And everyone, you know, this is one of those sad things. Everyone involved is really, really a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest thing of all. That really is like the worst insult you can level at somebody in the industry. They're a very nice person. It's really not an insult. It's like everyone involved is a great, you know, it's wonderful and, you know, great to work with and very professional. And there's no like, oh, so-and-so was an, you know, if you're here for the, guess what, Christopher Lloyd's an asshole story, you're not getting that story because everyone was a sweetheart and it was, you know, I'll tell the good stories, but... You know, just all the best intentions and you can just end up with kind of a thing that just lays there like that. We we needed one asshole to drive this project. <laughs> we needed a David Fincher. We needed a, you know, we needed a Cameron. Jim to, Cameron's My Favorite yes, Martian. That would have been something. <laughs> he doesn't have a favorite Martian. That's the problem. Yeah. They're all jerks. All right. So anyway, you're at the point where the Walt Disney logo has faded to Mars. As we are here, put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, unpause. I'll tell you one thing about this movie. I was uh, digging the score the whole time and come find out it's John Debney at the end. So high five yeah. Debney. Yeah. He, he, he came to work that day. All right. So let's just deconstruct <laughs> the ridiculousness of this Mars probe. First of all, thank you. <laughs> it's a good. It's is Sojourner. It, is that a model or is that a 3D thing? It's a model. It's a model. It's DreamQuest did this. I was going to say it's good. It's a, it's Although I will actually give him credit. They are using the, the rocker wheel suspension thing. Yeah. That they, it's, it's based on Sojourner, which was yeah, the, the, the rover at the time. The rover at the time. What's wrong with the design? No, I'm just oh, fucking around. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I say, it's like when yeah. tra- when Trey did a commentary for Pink Five where they were critiquing it on their on its skating. Like yeah, how, how good exactly. it is at ice skating. Just so, to judge every movie based on how good the actual physics. I do. I do hate this trope that they're about to pull. If you can call it a trope, I know one other thing <laughs> it's been used in, 
where it's like, okay, we're, we're searching around for the rocks, but if we just poked over this rock, we would see the massive civilization. The, the yeah. comedy myopia. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's not how that's, uh, sight works. That's Donald's. Uh, Donald, the director, is actually doing that. He's the one who says, uh, you know, $10 billion well spent. That's Donald doing a little comedy. This whole scene was a late, was a little one of the late editions, believe it or not. And it's a pretty extensive scene. DreamQuest did this. It's almost entirely model and matte painting. Um, it's pretty. It's yeah, well shot. It's, it's great. Good little, it's, I, back I would, when DreamQuest, I, I say DreamQuest might have become, I guess it was still called DreamQuest, but it was about to become the Secret Lab at that point. If not, uh, it was, yeah, like a year or two later, it became Secret Lab. But, uh, but and then disappeared two years after that. But, oh, but see, it's antennas, but it's not the, his yeah, antennas. See? It's other antennas. Except <laughs> then they actually have his antennas later. And it yeah. works so well. how see, did kids, you? television used to come through antennas through the air. It's I know it's crazy. You have to like. So wrap this with car, I'm just gonna talk shit. about this car. Whatever this is, which is a real, it's kind of a go- vintage nutty car. Yeah, it's kind of a goofy piece of shit. Yeah, and they car. had to get doubles on this. There was more than one of these that they had. You know, there was like at least two, maybe three. Well, the car rides this really fun line for me because it's it's goofy and kind of dumb looking and kind of ugly but also kind of really really cool looking to me like i can't tell if i think it's ugly or if it's like if you got a red one would it look awesome or would it just be like that's a weird little like is that a car are you a person yeah, kind it's of a car really to drive odd one. and and there was a, that was i remember there's a thing and i wasn't involved in it but i remember there, there was a big thing because they wanted some other car there was some other car and they could get the doubles and the triples on it and all that kind of stuff and then they found out that i it was some other movie like mr magoo i think was the movie Use that car, that model of oh, car. Oh, we can't use that car. It's now. like, oh, because, you know, it's like, now it's like, it's just one of those things that at the time seems important, but it's like, yeah, does anyone know what car Mr. Magoo, you know, talk about other forgettable movies from the late 90s. Do you remember when Leslie Nielsen did Mr. Magoo? No, you don't. No one does. And I, we can talk about uh, sort of the big picture about this because this is, this is odd. This, by the way, is, uh, I believe, Shelley Maliel, the guy who just uh, went to prison for murdering his wife. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> so that happened. But um, the check me on this because, okay, this is a, you know, this is the kind of movie that in my mind, Disney makes all the time, except I don't think they do anymore. This is a, you know, mid budget for this, for its era, you know, budget of $40 million, um, which is middle budget, middle, you know, not, not a huge budget. Just a kind of a fluffy, you know, the shaggy dog, the live, live action, the, the computer, family comedy, the computer wore tennis shoes, you know, that yeah. they were just that Disney was just like that was Disney live action the, for the family decades. dog does something crazy. Exactly. That was, you know, the, the cat from outer space. I mean, you know, this is right in that zone well, of what's funny is the last one like that. I can remember uh, the Indian dude is also in that one. And that's holes. Uh, that's yeah. the last one that I can remember them doing that that way. Maybe they yeah. did some. Yeah, stuff. Oh, wait, I, well, but like, I, but like I, the like Witch Mountain and stuff. I guess those happen. Yeah, but those are, that's kind of those are kind of bigger. I mean, that's The Rock and you know, stars in that one. And uh, I don't know, was that like? Kind of uh, curious what the budget of uh, Witch Mountain because I kind of thought that was a big film. But it just you know, like I said, maybe it's just my perception. But it seemed like this is the last hurrah that you know sort of early late late, I, late I, 90s early 2000s of disney making what was their kind of bread and butter live action thing i feel like they, they don't still seem to exist, do anymore uh but just not theatrically yeah. i think they're on the disney channel now yeah that's i don't know i don't really watch the disney when channel. they make these yeah like soccer yeah. mom and with missy yeah. pile is going to be on disney channel and yeah, not exactly. even bother to be released anymore yeah, yeah. that's because i just it feels like i just it struck me when we were getting ready to do this movie it's like i don't I don't, they don't make these anymore that I can really see. I mean, oh yeah, that darn cat. I forgot about that. Yeah. Frank in the chat. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're onto something though. In that there's 
kind of like you know the middle class of movies has by and large disappeared yeah. from theaters you really, you really are saying everything in economic terms I, I disappearing am, yeah. middle class of movies but, well, yeah. but it's valid it's yeah. like everything is either like zero dollars yeah. or, or two billion i mean you, you know this is with this top you know topically this is the week in which you know marvel and dc and everyone came out with the next 10 years of filmmaking and it's like Superhero, superhero, superhero reboot, superhero remake, superhero sequel, superhero sequel. Yeah. It's like that's that's everything. That's, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's movies. That's all they make. That's all they're going to make for the next decade. So this was. I'm assuming you would have been at Tippet for Starship Troopers. That wraps up. This was the next thing that came down the line. Yeah the uh, the the schedule on this one was we we had not in fact wrapped Starship Troopers. Uh, the way it worked was. We did Starship Troopers. That was a year and a half solid, just grinding, just, you know, seven days a week, nuts. And and it was winding down. Finally, we could kind of like, you know, we've got a handle on this. 60 hour weeks. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 day I, the day I didn't come in on, the week I didn't come in on Saturday toward the end of production was like amazing. Um, you know, I, mean, I don't have to, I can do anything today? Yeah. The day I got home. I'm going to sleep. The day I got home before 10 p.m. was amazing. And and just as we were getting ready, like you know, okay, we got this. We finally got this. We've got twenty shots to go on troopers. Um, there was a thing, and it's you know, it's been an ongoing thing to this day. You know, it's hard to Phil will reference it constantly in uh, interviews. Is well, now he built this big studio. Now he had this monkey, this elephant on his back. He had a that, that had to be fed. Yeah. So this movie, and there were two movies because this movie wasn't big enough to support the entire studio. So there was another movie that came in house at the same time. Flubber. Uh, no, no, not Disney. Uh, oh. uh, virus. Uh, virus was Whoa. a ni- virus was a nine one one that came later. Uh, 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 some uh, Komodo, I think was it, it was called. John Bruno made a made a hmm. lizard movie called Komodo. Um, I think that was the one that. By was the way, this first. is the same SETI radar guy from Independence Day, right? The Asian guy. Whoa! I was trying to recognize him last night. Tell me, but I wouldn't be surprised. I need to see his face again. I think it. I'm almost positive it, it is. I yeah. If I see his face, I can tell because I have that guy in my head. No, no. I've I've seen him before. He's from somewhere. Talking about the yeah. the, the end the of the world guy. as we know it guy. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, the guy in the Independence Day who said it's a radio signal from another world. Yeah. Which, by the way, I love SETI's SWAT team Ooh. shit. Yeah, I love yeah. that SETI is the men, the men in black. In yeah, it's very funny. That even <laughs> even as they were shooting this stuff, I was cracking up by the fact that the secret organization has their logo on their black trucks, <laughs> which is uh, something that always cracks me up. When they do. Anyway, I was in the middle of talking about whatever. Uh, so now Tibbet had to find other Tibbet had projects. to think, okay, so, so what happened was <coughs> just as the movie was winding down, you know, Phil had to like find new projects for the thing. So we were looking at, we, t- we were talking to lots of people. We were, you know, looking at lots of scripts. We were, you know, taking lots of meetings, trying to figure out, okay, what's, how are we going to keep the doors open? What's going to be the next project? Um, Phil had yeah, a, a giant animation studio wouldn't just close because they couldn't find enough work. Exactly. That's not how that works. And then, you know, <laughs> bear in mind, I mean, you know, 10, 50, 15 years ago now this was, and to this day, Tippet is still one of the very biggest companies that isn't underwritten by some deep yeah. pocket parent company. I mean, it's in, you know, mom and dad still own that shop and are keeping it open by, uh, you know, by the deals they make. So, which kind of features into how this project turned out. But, um, you know, there's your, there's your close encounters riff. But, um, so, so you know, we negotiated on My Favorite Martian, and, and uh, we, we, we didn't do all the effects. We were just going to do the character effects. Um, John Van Vliet did the bulk of the rest of these effects, like the spaceship. And then 
as happens in bigger movies, uh, you know, and I guess almost all movies nowadays is, you know, and then many smaller boutique houses did yeah. little bits and pieces and Hammerhead and different companies were doing stuff. So everyone, you know, because the movie kept expanding and ballooning because Disney, according to what we were always being told, Disney really was liking how it was coming together and was saying, yes, you can throw some more money at this, do a, do a, do a new effect scene, which was good in one way, but bad creatively because some of the creative choices like, oh, we can afford to do this now. We're not actually very good choices, I thought. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to those. Anyway, so as far as our schedule, what happened was is we were finishing up Troopers, delivering the last 10, 20 shots on Troopers. Martian became a go, was going to go immediately into production and start shooting, which meant that the entire Tippet studio, as their department, you know, as, as, as the final shots left each department, you know, happy vacation, Roto team, happy vacation, match move team, happy vacation, lighting and compositing. Wait, can you guys come in right now? Yeah. Well, yeah. Except for, so everyone is like, I'm going to Ireland for a month. We, you know, because it was like, oh, you know, some people, literally, I mean, yeah. some people did literally go to like Ireland for a month. I've been holding off my honeymoon until yeah. just now. Me, instead of like being able to enjoy like the last, like literally the last week or two of delivery of troopers when when Daly's was like a joy, like, yay, another final, boom, seven to go. No, I had <laughs> to get up and uh, me and like five other people from, from Tippett. We had to go down to Los Angeles and, you know, be on a set and start production uh, on uh, My Favorite Martian. So that was, a, that was a good thing and a bad thing because I had spent a year and a half in a freaking cubicle, you know, proud of what we were doing on, on Troopers, but never once set foot on a damn set, which, of right. course, is my, is my thing. So I was like, if I don't get on a set, I'm, I'm going to kill somebody. So, so... That was great to be back on a set and to be able to like, you know, yes, finally, this is what I actually do. But we got me and my my little group of people, you know, we had our match move team and, you know, and, and uh, our one of our visual effects producers in house, you know, was my partner in, in getting this done. And and uh, mostly it was match move and me and the producer. That was the team because we had to get all of our data and, you know, deal with production and plan the plates. And that was that was our group. And uh, there's like six of us and we didn't get a vacation. We just boom, we were straight into making this movie. So that was, it was a burnout factor that, you know, did come into play because you know, a year and a half of troopers and then right into this movie with, with no break whatsoever was, uh, was not the easiest thing in the world. How long was the total production of Martians? Martian. I, I don't remember. I mean, it would, it, uh, well, your participation and well, well like we were off and on because, you know, we're not in everything. We weren't involved right. in everything. So we would go down for, and that was another thing is the very weird thing is I transplanted myself to Berkeley to work at Tippett and had been there for a year and a half, but still felt like I was an Angelino on location in Berkeley for a very long project. And now I'm commuting down to Los Angeles, which I think of as my home hmm. and staying in a hotel <laughs> for a couple of days at a time yeah. and then flying back to Berkeley. It was my, my whole brain was just confused about this whole process. But, um, so we would come down, it would, you know, and the production was always changing and it would vary and we would, we would fly down and it's like, okay, actually we don't even need you guys till tomorrow instead. And it's now we got a day to kill. And then it's like we had more than, but more than, more than once it was the other way around. It was like, all right, you guys can fly home tomorrow morning. Don't fly home tomorrow morning. We need you to do, come in and, and do some more plates. 
there was there was a lot of that. And one time, oh. in a story I can't even tell uh, on the air, I wish I could. Uh, I uh, there's, there's a few things about this movie that I just I'm not going to tell the story because uh, it, it might still be actionable. <laughs> um, and it's not that anyone's a terrible person. And again, it's not it's not about anyone famous. I'm not hiding a terror. You know, Jeff Daniels is a bastard story, and it's it's about behind the scenes people. But but um, a, a, a thing happened where we were told we were off and we could go home and. One of our team, not me, partied, and then we had to I see. come back. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so there was an episode where we were on the set having a little comedy of errors because one of our team was massively wrecked, <laughs> and we were trying to hide. <laughs> it's like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we were trying to like hide the uh, the fact that uh, there was some some. That's anyway adorable. So so, uh, but take a step back. Here's the thing. That's notable, uh, in, uh, if you're a fan of trivia, uh, about the, is this, My Fair Martian, for, you know, for those that care, which is mostly just me, um, is the first movie, first feature film that Tippett Studio ever did that Phil Tippett was not on set. Uh. That was me instead, and that mm-hmm. was a big thing. Uh, we came out of... Uh, you spoke for the Phil? I was I was the Phil speaker was, speaker I, for the Phil I was because it came out of I mean you know so I, that's why I'll, so that's why the dinosaurs didn't get loose exactly because Phil had I one learned, job I learned yeah so I learned from my <laughs> mistakes yeah Phil went to Ireland on his vacation he was like I'm not going down to supervise the set and you know hell with it um, and you know after a year and a half of working with Phil we were you know more or less in sync and you know and and he knew that I came from practical sets that that was where I would, you know I knew that world already and now that I knew the tippet production model he you know it was decided that i could do this and so that was kind of like a big uh, a big thing so it was you know retroactive well, congratulations yeah <laughs> if only i hadn't been so exhausted all right so we're kind of in the movie now here's zoot uh the practical by the way zoot. the asian guy he he was not in independence day he was he had a recurring role on scrubs which i think is worth. that's what it was there you yeah, go pulling him from he was the he was, uh, the, he was the surgeon yeah, he yeah he was like the the surgeon resident. supervising surgeon or something. Yeah. So one of the things that would happen uh, is you see this like scene you know, like for example here's here's the scene of uh, what's this fellow's name uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd <laughs> creeping around <laughs> and uh, I still have PTSD over this movie uh, creeping around and and they would go okay you know that today we're just doing the scene of him and I creeping around and sneaking around Tim's apartment and you know we don't need you guys and we would you know have the day off and go to you know Magic Mountain or whatever the hell we were gonna do and then the Worse than being called in when you weren't expecting, and we had to tell them, look, no, seriously, we'd rather be called in, is they would go, well, we were in the middle of shooting those scenes, and then it turned out that one of the shots we decided should be an effect shot, so we just shot it. And we're like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that without the lawyer present. You can't be doing that. Right. So so sometimes they would have us like a surprise plate. Okay, so we're t- chronologically, here's the... What turned out to be a really hard shot because this is 1999 and this is a lot of fluid dynamics and and photorealism and this getting this sort of rubbery you know what Zoot does and how he how he peels off is really cool yeah it's it's a lot of work and you know and and we had uh, you know a lot of back and forth with editorial because you know they and and, for, and let's take a step Jeff Daniels ladies and gentlemen he's look all, at this pantomime that's great he's yeah. he's the really interesting revelation was that. Uh, Jeff Daniels and Christopher Lloyd, and we'll get to her in a second, uh, Daryl Hannah especially, just wonderful, wonderful people. Just great. Just, you know, <laughs> loads of fun. Just very professional. Just Jeff Daniels like, what would you like me to do? Uh, could you do this? You know, he, he was, you know, he was a thing then. He was, you know, I was like 
Hey, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. You know. Dumb and Dumber is not... You were in Flyway Home. longer. Or not no, it, Dumb this. and Dumber was already out. Dumb yeah, it yeah. happened, yeah. But it, it was recent at that point. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was like... Oh, sadly, that was kind of the thing he was most famous for at the time. In fact, I saw a young kid come up to him on set and go, I really like Dumb and Dumber. And he was like, oh, thank you. It's like, Jesus, you just played, you know... You played you uh, played Robert E. Lee. Yeah, she played Elijah Hunt Rhodes and uh, you know and Gettysburg and yeah, everything else. Right. But no, you're you're known for having diarrhea in a movie, but that's life. So anyway, but he was totally professional. You know, not like chatty and hanging outy, but totally like you know. Affable. I, yeah. What would you like me to do? And I would. Okay. Do I need to do this? And how's this like this? Great. Okay. Um, Christopher Lloyd, as we've mentioned many times, and everyone's sort of had uh, this experience. Christopher he, Lloyd isn't Christopher Lloyd until you say action. Yeah. Before that, he's like a college professor who I think might be dead. Uh, <laughs> at least he is. The, he is the quietest talking person I've yeah, ever seen yeah. in my life. He's very uh, no, no. He screams and carries on. He's a madman, you guys. Yeah, no. He's all the manic all the time. Yeah. There yeah. we go. We're, we were not particularly thrilled about the having to do the boot. Well, what thing, we don't but, know is that Christopher Lloyd is actually a spy. Yes, I think he might be. So, but also, but you know, again, no one has done these movies more than him. So you go, look, yeah. he's going to be here. Look at the silver ball, and he was like, I've got it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right, got it, no problem. Um, so, so you? that so that was great. Uh, I guess, and the one thing I should mention again, if you watch this movie, um, this was this is a great shot. Yeah, this uh, these these kind of shots were all done by John Van Vliet with uh, with. Um, you know, Moco had to be Moco. You couldn't just track something like this at the time. It had to be a Moco camera. And Motion big, control, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, the, that's really good. That was Jeff, yeah. What were, 1999, when we were stone knives and bearskins. What were you uh, moving Zoot around in? Was it like Softimage? Uh, Softimage was the, was the main uh, animation Software we had at Tippet at the time. I think they've since switched to Maya, but Softimage was the what we did at the time. And then a lot of uh, Dynamation for sometimes for procedural. Yeah. And uh, but a lot of this, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that Ripley Dynamation wasn't cloth simulation was not that good at the time. So a lot of it is actually hand animated with with lots of you know Ripple effects oh. being done by the animators and the controls. And I'm oh damn extremely glad that's, that I didn't have. I could only su- I, all I had to do was supervise. <laughs> imagine being imagine that's how you have to fucking animate the thing. And then there's revision. It's like, yeah, you're not just changing the way the arm moved. You're changing all the secondary animation yeah, and you it baked was, on top of it. And so that was a whole thing that, that's that a huge when they would. The yeah, we, we so we, we, have, we had a system. We had to evolve a system where we had to and and again, there's like eight different things that thoughts I want to finish here. But I'll, I'll skip back to the first thing is about first thing. When we made this movie, when we delivered this movie, Zoot didn't talk. <laughs> I want to make that clear. That was not our fault. <laughs> that whole thing. He talked, but he talked Martian. Zoot talked in gibberish. We had a whole track done by Frank Welker. Thank you very much. Damn. Of Zoot going. And that's what we animated to. And that's what we did. And that was our challenge was that Zoot is a mime that, you know, Zoot, you're not going to know what Zoot is saying. So it's going to be an R2 thing. So his activity, yeah. so his pantomime has to inform what his mood is, what he's trying to get across, what he's doing. And I thought we did a spectacular job of that. Late, late, late in post-production, somewhere in the studio level, we started hearing like, you know, it would be so fun if the, if the suit talked in like comedy pop culture, like, like, you know, like we just did this movie called Aladdin and Robin Williams and we can get Mm. Robin in here and we'll do it. And then we started seeing these rough cuts coming down. Hey, Mr. Hand, uh, started seeing these rough cuts coming down where they had taken some poor person had taken 
clips of Robin Williams saying random funny shit and put it on top of all of our Zoot clips. You know, <laughs> does Patton Oswalt know this story? Because I think he would appreciate I, it. He, I'm sure he would appreciate this story if he. I didn't it. know you could make a comedy. I, yeah, you can totally do it. It's like, and I to this day I remember looking at some of those, you know, some of the scenes we'd done where we'd carefully like tried to show the nuance of what Zoot is trying to get across, and suddenly it's like a, a random, a literally random line from Aladdin. Uh, you know, just saying something that's kind be of amusing. Yourself. Yes. Saying something that's kind of amusing. And again, this was just basically a, they did a bad lip reading video. Yeah, they totally did. And and. They, this was not intended to be the final thing, of course, but this was like, see how funny that would be thing. To which we said, well, no, nope, we're going to go really. with no, but, uh, you know, hey, it's your movie. So, so then what happened was they proceeded to work their way through a spectacular list of every dream person you could think of to have be the voice. Robin Williams was the first to say no. Yeah. And then it just went down. And we, every week we would hear like, oh, we were approaching so-and-so to be the voice of Zoot. No, we're approaching so-and-so to be the voice of Zoot. So we got, we got down to Newman. Wayne Knight. Newman finally said yes. So Dennis Nedry. Yes, exactly. So that's what we ended up with is we got Newman. So by then we'd wrap the movie. Uh, you know, as far as delivering our shots. So a lot of this stuff, any shot where he's wearing the suit and the suit goes, the, you know, the collar moves, that's John Van Vliet picked that up. We didn't even do those shots because that's a comping. Just did like a distortion comping, morphing thing. thing yeah, yeah. That, uh, that we didn't do. So, so, you know, so seeing the movie in the end is like, now I'm watching a movie that's different than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, really? That's these terrible someone terrible photoshopped jokes. my photoshop yeah it's it's just it was one of those things and that's one of those things where it's like that that and many other choices were like they went one step beyond they're like if you just left it you know like that but now it's like what's this now what's this <laughs> random person saying in, stuff in the chat snail says oh the suit is, the suit is naked it needs clothes <laughs> <laughs> oh notes yeah the studio system no, but the thing, the reason I was asking about what, what package <laughs> did you use to animate Zoot in is because earlier it was this cool film noir thing where you're getting kind of the, the blinds, leaving great horizontal yeah. shadows across everything, yeah. and it looked great. And I was wondering if that was a Some deliberate choice to kind of occlude and make things, you know, yeah. You, you it was get, more we'll to occlude, as I recall, it was more to occlude Christopher Lloyd, you know, being, uh, being nude, although he's wearing, uh, uh, yeah. he's actually wearing little little spandex briefs that we sometimes painted the line out. Of yeah, yeah. Um, we did do that since it was our plate. Those were our since those were just our plates. We just okay, we'll do that paint fix. Since even though that's not really our thing, um, it's and it was you know we liked those kind of shots. We enjoyed you know because the the lighting TDs get to really have some yeah. fun with that stuff. Uh, this this movie was shot by um, Ackerman Tom Ackerman uh, who shot Jumanji. You know, so we you know we were happy that that there was you know we had someone who at least had been been around the block as far as visual effects shooting that was a, a great a I've great done VFX thing. on a Tom Ackerman shot project too it's for one of the cage videos the first one go okay. on so He's a um, nice guy yeah see like that the little blah 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 with the thing that wasn't us that's the <laughs> I was I'm as surprised as you are by those shots <laughs> um, which I that sort of brings us to um, the Tom Ackerman uh, Tom Ackerman thing is. This is 99. We were doing our own film scanning. You know, Tippett had its own in-house film scan in I.O. department. Damn. And, uh, and I didn't realize that would make sense. Just yeah. wouldn't have occurred to me that you'd have to fucking scan your own plates. Yeah, so we did. So, that, so, so one of the things that they're very adamant about, one of my marching orders, is that 
they were very, you know, they Phil had a real thing is because it was more of a thing then that the, that the plates had to be really steady. So we literally would like test cameras and they would scan it and go, see, no, this camera doesn't register sharp enough. It, you can see yeah. the jitter. And, and so there was only a couple of cameras that they that we tried we wanted to allow them to shoot plates with and sometimes Tom would go well that camera is and, blah, and, I, and I, then I had to be like you know I had to enforce a law I didn't particularly myself understand and go we really need to I'm, I'm sorry Mr. DP sorry if I go home you, you can't know, use that camera <laughs> exactly sorry Mr. Ackerman but uh, we really request that you you know inconvenience yourself tremendously by using the other camera hi we're the vfx people yeah then yeah and then we're going to take <laughs> sorry ten, and then we're going to we take on 10 you? minutes of your day to also do some bullshit with a gray sphere that's going to blow your mind with every take uh, <laughs> and that's something that, and that's we can talk about that too because again this is 99 it happens to this day i mean you guys have certainly encountered it but in 99 there were not a lot of directors who dealt with visual effects yeah. and, and on and but more and more movies were getting visual effects in them donald donald uh petri uh, or God, I always get it wrong. It's either Petrie or Petri. It's, it's decay. Yes, it's the it's the opposite of how Dick Van Dyke pronounces it in the Dick Van Dyke show, and that's that's Rob Petri. I think <laughs> your so mnemonics are really complicated. Donald is Petri. <laughs> anyway, Donald is a great guy. Again, you know, like I said, everyone involved is a wonderful person. Donald is, uh, you know, he's is a he directed. After this, he went on to direct Miss Congeniality, which was I like that movie. Yeah, it's which is movie. one of the one of the first movies to crack a hundred million when that meant something. That was a big deal and established him uh, pretty 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 firmly since then. He's very active in the DGA and a really and a really cool guy. Very approachable. You know, no no bullshit with Donald at all. You know, he's like, hey, everybody, let's make a movie. You know, it's just, very easygoing, very fun to work with. Um, the flip side is that he had never done really much of anything with visual effects before. His big, his big movie before then um, was uh, Grumpy Old Men. Oh. And you know, and he's and he was Donald came to directing from acting. He started as an actor himself, um, so that was a thing. So I just got off a set with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. What the fuck is your gray sphere for? Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't like that about it. He was very like, okay, you know, whatever you need to do. Because to his I, credit, I would have been like that. Yeah, but but that but the the thing that was tricky and and was fun for me at the on set, but not so much fun when I had to go home to dad and show him the plates what i bring him uh-huh. but um but donald you know donald you was used to making movies like look i got walter Matthau over here i got jack lemon over here i got a camera what can go wrong let's just mess around and you know i'm yes. not capable of fucking this up <laughs> yes yes of course you can but you can't do visual effects like that you can now more than you could but when we're talking about a paycheck job that we bid way low to keep the doors open and get the job. Yeah. I can't come back to Tippett Studio and tell Phil Tippett, like, oh, we added five more plates yeah. to, the, to the workload. We just added 2,000 hours a shot. Or we, you know, I know the boards were like this, but he decided to put this in it, so there's going to be more roto than we budgeted for. Man. Every single shot was, because Donald would, like... The, the scariest thing would be I'd come to the set in the morning and Donald would go, hey, Trey, I had an idea. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it wasn't that his ideas were creatively bad. It was just that it was like, going to... Oh, that's going to add so I was many more hours. Ha- I was going to have to be the budget douche yeah. to say, but look at... Here's the board. We literally bid on this board, Donald. So it was okay for me, again, creatively, because I would... You know, we would give and take. I would say, okay, how about what if... We did this. Yeah. And how about we, what if we took this plate and we just made it last a little longer so that way it's not two new shots, it's just one new shot. And then... Hey. And at this... At and they, this you, got, you didn't even get a co-director credit. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a sec too. But uh, 
<laughs> are we in the uh, oh we're going to the changing room which yeah it's uh We'll stop and uh, mention by, the changing room scene. By the way, I'll tell you something crazy. I was watching this movie last night, and I had already started drinking. So the association <laughs> that I got, to, that I made, I am doubly proud of. That was a badass newspaper shot. Mm-hmm. Was that practical? No, I'm pretty sure it was. It, oh, really? I, uh, uh, yeah, I see. Papers. I think there was a practical that was then augmented. Yeah, sure. I think In any case, uh, but I was watching this scene, and I recognized the girl in the changing room. Don Maxey. Yeah, and I was like, I think I even know where she's from. Uh, but, but, but she was uh, Guy Patterson's sister in that thing you do, and I don't think she had any lines in that movie. Wow! Turns out I was right. <laughs> Holy shit! That's Don Maxey, yeah. right? That's her name. Yes. Yeah. Whoever that w- the girl that changed. Yeah. yeah. The the well, there's a fun, fun story about the girl that, girl that gets date raped by Zoot. Yeah. I think that uh, that uh, yeah. She plays. She's, she's the sister. Okay. Well, we the silent sister. Here's in that the thing. thing you do. Now, now you know this is. When we're outside like the one line. when we're outside the changing room, we are in a. I believe it's a, it's an actual uh, it's an actual location. Just a, you know whatever this place is. Um, inside the changing room is a set that we built much later for our our shots. You know of of suit. So 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 they shot this. I think Santa Barbara was is the is the for the exteriors is where they did the exteriors. Um, and and we were there for a couple of shots, but we didn't have to go to Santa Barbara very often. Um, so we did this. In, so it was just you know it was us with our little team in this little square room and Don, Don Maxey, who we met that day. Like here's Don. Um, there we go. So, okay, this scene, we'll jump. This is the tantrum. You know, I, I directed this basically and look at the, you know, if you want to appreciate anything, look at the practical interaction. He kicks the wall, the painting small oh, yeah, no, bounce, the chair goes back and forth. Um, so this whole scene, we're working with Don, who's very cool and you know very like, yeah, what? How's this work? Tell me about it. And we actually had to do a ripple effect on her butt. That was you know fun for the compositing department. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what? But uh, <laughs> Donald, the director, who did a thing when we were shooting that scene that shocked me until I real I realized that later Don is one of his kind of like touchstones that Don gets a cameo in a lot of Donald's movies or did at the time. Mm-hmm. And so they knew each other. They were friends, but we're shooting our scene. And, uh, and so Don is doing her thing and Donald is a million miles away at video village watching it on a monitor. Cause we're all in this little box. Yeah. yeah. And Donald did the thing that you, you hear about directors doing. They go, you know, oh, actors hate that so much. <laughs> Donald just yelled from across the stage, Don, you're boring me. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I was. That's what I thought. I was like, yikes! What a douchebag thing to say. But uh, until you found out that they knew each other, apparently, yes. Apparently, that's like they've known each other so well. You know, like, like you know, I have a running joke with Katie Wilson to this day, who I did a thing where you know, it's like I, I would, we were friends already, and we did a movie together, and I would go up to her after taking, go, okay, let's do it one more time, but without the sucking. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's okay because you know we both know that's a joke, and it's a running joke for us to this day. Anyway, but uh, so that was kind of a, that's that's Don Maxey. But yeah, I've always been aware of I've always been on, on Don's side ever since because I thought she got the the nastiest piece of direction I've seen a director give ever. How is this thing? I dropped that. Uh, I dropped that uh, belt for that. That's a good drop. That's, that's, that's a good drop. I directed that. I directed that shot. That's a second unit shot that I directed. That's a good drop. We had that's a whole little this all these picking up the dropping the gum and everything else is a little little insert stage that we had to build and shot very toward the end. So that's that's another bizarre thing is I'm the de facto, although not credited, um, TUD. Not quite second unit director because there was a second unit director, but we called it plate unit to kind of get around <laughs> the fact that I'm not in the DGA. <laughs> Sounds like a rap group. Yeah, well, we plate ca- unit. Exactly, plate unit. So, so any shot that didn't have any actor in it that was just going to be one of our plates. Sure. 
we would, you know, they the mostly the, the the crew would rap, and everybody else would go home, and me with the skeleton crew of you know the, our team and, and enough of a crew to to light it and shoot it, and we would you know we would shoot these plates, but that started to get slippery as we went into production, where they would go, well, you just just do the shot with with Christopher, or you know, I was like, yeah. you just do the shot, okay, you know. Jeff Daniels is going to stay behind and you're just going to get one more shot with him while we do a company move to this other place. Um, you know, Daryl and you and Daryl are going to, you know, do this quick shot and whatever else. And it's like, I'm like, we're totally breaking some kind of union rules. I know it because I am. And this is a DGA union movie and I am totally not DGA. And, and you know, it had never occurred to me until just now, just when you said it, that Daryl Hannah's first name is Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. First, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman, and her first name is Daryl. Yeah. How does how does that happen? Well, I you know, and again, it's these things. This, this problem with this movie is this vast stretches of nothing that I had anything to do with, and then suddenly there'll be all these scenes, and I was so so yeah. nothing. No, this is going to be. But uh, I guess I guess we've got a gap here where I can talk about. We were talking about Jeff Daniels, totally professional, not like a warm like, hey, let's go have a beer after guy. But you know, that's that's totally his business. But totally professional, totally. Tell me what you want, but. Christopher Lloyd, totally like, yeah, done this a million times. Just tell me what you need. You know, I'm I'm there. Um, I didn't have any particular mental picture of Daryl Hannah as a human uh, before I did this movie. I obviously, you know, she's She's the girl in Splash. Yeah, she's the girl in Splash. She's the girl in Blade Runner. She's the, you know, she's been, she's, she's the girl in 20 movies. You know, she's always been that kind of thing. That girl Um, had no idea, you know, or any preconceived notion of what Daryl Hannah would be like. Um, to be honest, probably kind of assumed that she was sort of pretty and maybe not that bright, you know, just because that's kind of how she'd been. Daryl Hannah is my favorite actress I've ever worked with. Daryl Hannah is fucking awesome. Daryl Hannah is so awesome, and I will point out every time she does something later in this movie that, that I go, look how awesome she is. I'm going to do it because Daryl Hannah is freaking awesome. She's, first of all, she's totally fun. I mean, I'm talking from 10 years ago, but I don't think she's changed much. You know, she's totally just fun, and, and as opposed to, you know, the other guys, the guys who were like, you know, okay, just tell me what you want, and then I'm going to go to my trailer as soon as we're done. Daryl would hang out. Daryl was like, a, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? How's this work? What's going on? You know, so what do you do? And hey, and, so, and she was like friendly and, and chatty and would hang out with you and, you know, it was just totally up and and would always go like beyond. She would always like, there's a scene when she gets pulled into the, the spaceship by Zoot. Yeah. Um, she wasn't supposed to. They had a stunt woman standing by to do the actual blap into the, into the thing. And before Donald could call cut, Daryl just did it without any prep. <laughs> She's just like, I just felt like I should, you know, that's what happens, right? And I was like, yeah, but we're supposed to do a thing with a stunt woman to do it. Okay, fine, whatever. You know? Sorry. <laughs> that's great. All right, sorry. So she was totally game to do stuff and, cool. and, and really just fun. And, and there's stuff she does where, you know, there's scenes where she interacts with Zoot. Where I have to point out where we would do a plate with a mime, a guy named Jean-Luc, who was a mime, who would put on the suit, and, and we'd run through the sequences with Zoot for the camera crew to understand and, and for the, everyone to get and for you know, what it was going to be like yeah. um, and for our reference plates. But we, we didn't do any because plate fixing was not as easy then you know, as it was now. We didn't do scenes. We didn't do any scenes where we put Jean-Luc in as reference and then took him out. We shot clean plates right. always. Always, always, always worked from clean plates. So look at some of the stuff, especially with Daryl Hannah, because she's the one who interacts with our character the most. Look at some of the stuff she's doing and recognize 
that she's doing it. We're not like there's a scene when Zoo comes in and shakes her by the shoulder. She's not fighting a blue guy. She's no one is no shaking one. her by the shoulder. Yeah. She yeah. is doing that move with her shoulder. That, that was my favorite shot of her. That was the one that just blew me away. And, and it's been it's broken into two shots, but it was originally done and delivered as one. The whole scene where Zoot comes in, crawls in, shakes her by the shoulder, tries to, you know, gets her attention, pulls out the gum, shows her the gum. She looks at the gum, then he drops the gum, and she looks at the gum, and then we tilt down, and the gum has already been loaded on the ground so she can pick up the practical gum and pick it up. That's all in one. Totally done in pantomime, done off of counts. We're yelling, five, four, three, two, one, off yeah. camera. Just mind-boggling that, you know, she, and she could just nail that. She would nail it instantly. And it occurred to me that Daryl Hannah's done as many effects movies as Christopher Lloyd has. This <laughs> you know, is true. She, Blade Runner. She's been around. She's a splash. She's been, you know, lots of those movies she's done. So it's like, wow, she, you know, I, I didn't give her nearly enough credit before working with her, but I give her all the credit since. I think Daryl's fantastic. And, and she's... Yeah, and but we're, why and is we're like her a, first name Daryl? I don't know. Also, weird fun fact: we're like a week apart in age. We're born within like a week of each other. So, someday you and coincidence. Me, someday, Daryl, so. you and me, <laughs> you and me. And she's very funny. There was a scene where we were. That's in fact that shot I was talking about. The scene where uh, Zoot comes. She's lying on her side. She's been punched and locked out, and, and Zoot's been shot, and he comes crawling in next to her. We 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 were rehearsing that just with uh, with her and Donald to figure out how we were going to get that shot. So we we're in the hallway at the studio. She's laying down on a mattress that we've just thrown on the ground, and she's laying there in her pose. So she's laying on this like full, you know, sideways thing, and and Donald and I are crouching there, and we're making you know cameras with our fingers, and we're going, okay, so like you'll come in like this, and we'll come in like okay, and he we comes in, and he's like Donald, it's like, can you do that? It's like, well, it's because we'll just you will just roto the edge here, and and you know, and her her hip will will hide a lot of you know a lot she's of what's lying worth. there, and she's laying there, and I got and I I said something about how her hip will hide a lot of what we were worried about, and she's laying there, and she goes, are you saying I have a big butt? <laughs> and I was like. I'm saying you have the perfect butt for the shot is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a wonderful butt and we're all very excited to be working with it. <laughs> we I, couldn't have asked for a better butt for this show. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if, Good play, by the way. Well, uh, yeah. Way to get out of that moment. Yeah, but she was... The fact that she, she was totally joking with me too. No, I know, just, it, she had good comeback. She had to lay there to be the piece of meat while you know the director and I like you know poked and prodded all over the place. So you know she's just having some fun for herself. So yeah, there's Shelley Malil, future murderer. Um, what are you gonna do? So uh, the other the other one uh, I would say is I never got to work directly with Liz Hurley, although friends of mine did. Because there's also a lot of practical stuff in this movie. You know, ADI did the bulk of the practical stuff with the tentacles and the Martian characters and the whatever else. So Tippett didn't do the 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 practical alien stuff. Tippett has never done practical alien stuff. Tippett's a visual effects company, so you know, stop motion, but not uh, like and, and you know, good. once or once in a great while that used to transition into you know they'd build a full size Ed two hundred nine because they right, were building yeah. a small one. Yeah, right. but no, Tippett's never been a, a on set creature company. They, okay. they, it's always been visual effects. Um, so, so ADI did that. So that was also very weird for me because I'm the visual effects supervisor dude shooting plates and blue screen everyone i know is on the other stage being puppeteers <laughs> on the martians <laughs> and i would go oh all my friends are hanging I wanna, out i want to be i started a job i want to be over there <laughs> pulling, i want to pull cables and, and make antenna wiggle for real I have to be a digital guy it was it was very weird it was a very strange disconnect in my brain you know and they would see me and go hey what's up and i'm like i'm sorry i gotta go 
direct a blue screen shot. I can't can't wiggle the doll with you today, guys. I'm sorry. I got to go to this. Bye, other guys. Thing. My so, mom's here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so I was going for <laughs> the street lights turned on. Yeah. I have to go home now. I was going for something there about uh, ADI and the and the uh, Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley. Yeah. So so like for example, friends of mine got to crouch under Liz. Curly's crotch and do tentacles coming up from under the news desk, you know. God, I love this that, business. It's exactly. good work if you can get it. See, I used to be able to be that guy. This movie, I didn't get to be that guy. So oh, I, I was trying to figure I, out why you're I, so disappointed. There I had no, I had no direct, you know. Okay, here's one of our signature shots: a zoot in the washing machine. Very, very tricky to do. I directed that shot. Thank you very much. I directed a shot of the thing opening and then closing. That was me. I directed it. Um, How, what was the mechanism that closed it? There was a... Okay. Put a pin in that because it reminded me to ask you the practical effects guys, also the on-set practical effects guys. But to finish the ADI, the, the, all I can say about Liz Hurley, never dealt with her directly at all because none of our stuff crossed over. She, she, I've said this in other commentaries when her name's come up. She's a replicant. That's not a human being. That's huh. that's that's too perfect a human. Just like beautiful and symmetrical and Yeah, just I mean you look at just she would come at you and just like that's okay. She she is the uncanny valley. It's like that she freaks you out when yeah, you see her. Yeah. You no, that that's something's like, wrong. Dogs start barking. She, yeah. She's hey, no, no, something's, something's wrong. Something's here. not ah. right. She's too perfectly beautiful. She's amazing. <laughs> to me, anyway, she's just, uh, I don't know, she's right in my genetic sweet spot or whatever it is, but I just it's want like, it. Th- wow. So, someone's playing a trick on me. Yeah. She's really quite something. So, yeah. so um, uh, the, the onset, the washing machine gag. Yes. Like, just like string? No, it was done with a lever for my kids because wire removal, even then, was doable, but we didn't want to do a lot of it. So, so, you know, again, it's weird how a lot of the stuff that we were really, you know, we would have memo fights with Disney over is now something you can just go nah, in After Effects and make yeah. it go away. But uh, this this wasn't then. This, you know, 1999 compositing was, you know, doable, but it was all hard. So, I mean, you know, it, film does not convey what that is, what that looks like in real life. That was early there. Yeah. And, and Wallace Shawn, too, for that matter, but in a different way. <laughs> uh, Wallace Shawn, also an interesting fellow who I never dealt with directly. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I think I've told you the Wallace Shawn story that I have from this movie and other things, but um, anyway, we'll get back to that in a sec. But the... the, uh, the what was Washing it? machine? Washing machine. Um, it was done with a lever inside. Um, the, 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 what we did was there's no water. We didn't. The water was digital. We added the water, so it wasn't full of water. So it's suds and stuff. But um, but it was a lever that they would do from from inside. So Wallace Shawn, while we're on it, um, Wallace Shawn again, we didn't have any direct scenes with him. So you know he would be shooting one day and he would see him. He would come. You know, Wallace Shawn. My only experience of Wallace Shawn is we would be you know you'd be on the set and while while he would come in for the day. And uh, usually he had a later call than everyone else because he was only in his, you know, a few scenes for that day. And, and he would, the way Wallace Shawn would say good morning to us anyway, is by not saying anything, he would just walk by slowly and look at you <laughs> and just give you that Wallace Shawn like <laughs> smile face. That leer? <laughs> yeah, just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And he would go, hey, Wally. And he would just cruise by and his head would just track you as he cruised past. And he would just go... Mm-hmm. and he <laughs> pass on by and it was just like you couldn't tell if he was like he's either shy 
<laughs> in his he, head, there's little tracking markers. Yeah, on exactly. Your face. Or he <laughs> is a serial killer who's planning which order he's going to kill us in. You couldn't first you, you could then you, <laughs> then you kill that one. I'm going to make that one watch your skin, his liver. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it, it's like that, and and I I don't know if that's you know I don't know anything he, he about Sean. He acknowledged you. Yeah, he, he you know, as opposed to being like "fuck yes. these guys," I don't have to talk to them. Yeah, you know, maybe that's just how he says hi. So we talk. I, I do want to talk about the practical effects guys because uh, there was a also there was a group of guys who do practical effects in terms of not the creature effects, not that was ADI, and not the visual effects, but they would do like there's a lot of practical effects. If you look at it, you know, there's a collapsing table that's being yeah. collapsed by nothing. There's a there's a washing machine that opens by itself. There's, you know, the the spaceship spaceship comes and goes and does things and, you know, he flies up in the air and, you know, and just it's lots and lots and lots of stuff. And we had to cross over with those guys a lot because we would do things like, well, usually your timing to whatever they're doing. Exactly. And Zoot has to hand Daryl Hannah the ID card and she has to take it and run out of frame. And so they would come up with a little green stick and we'd figure out how to. And they would do. So these guys, these were all older guys. They were old school practical effects guys. If you if you got them in a quiet moment, they would start telling you about that time they did that effect for six million dollar man or yeah. something like that they were old school they came from they came from universal tv and uh, you know on tv shows where you know just so they could and doing it for decades so they could come up with anything on you know given enough lead time you know you can't come up with a problem they haven't already solved yeah sometime. they have and they, they would do that sometimes it'd blow your mind like oh remember when we did that for you know manimal or what oh okay we had well, to make just, that cardio standing back i think i still got that in the truck i'm gonna get that pull that out you know they were amazing and they were amazing guys and and i really enjoyed working with them and and uh in our big finale scene you know is when uh, they and then we really got to really get to shine because there's a there's a one shot especially that i i call my jurassic park shot um where the lizzie monster's on a rampage yeah there's a lot of practical interaction and it was me and me and the and the practical effects guys worked all that out um and got donald to sign off on it and he was like yeah that sounds great do that <laughs> so I was like all right so that was that whole lizzie the whole lizzie monster rampage scene was a very late addition. That whole idea was late. Was a late addition to the movie. We shot that, that monster is cool looking. We shot that when we shot the plates. We didn't even know what the monster was going to be. So I'm I'm making <laughs> I'm making up oh, Hollywood. I'm making up what the monster is and what it can do based on just well, I guess maybe it can do this. So so we didn't even have it designed. Uh, little product placement there. Um, oh no shit. Yeah, but we had you know as most people think we didn't but get Downey and Perry. We didn't get paid five hundred dollars a piece by Tide and Downey. We you know had to get permission to uh, such a to, weird to thing. Use you know to yeah. use because it's Downey. so easy to have to pay for the, the use of their yeah. image, and then it's so easy to like get paid for the use, and then at some point those things have to cross over. Yeah. But and you, you can just use Coke for free. The thing is, you can't do it just. For, for shits and giggles, I mean, yeah. they they got the rights to that little that little talking bobblehead. They got the rights to that, you know. They it's in the credits that they they got the <laughs> rights. These are to, weird, yeah, because eh, Jeff Daniels likes us. So um, look at him; he's, he's he's laughing as if he's amused. It's great. I want to just take that shot out of context and just put it, use it for my own private weird yeah, shot like, test. It's just like it's shot like, a, shot like the, the like the Humane Society Sarah McLaughlin shot of puppy, and then Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Like, it's like Jeff Daniels' <laughs> O face there. Uh, you can use that um, on anything. Makes any, it makes anything Daniels. Speaking of which, there was there's a line. Um, 
Yes, you met her for Mars River for Venus. Ah, very funny. There's, uh, there was a line in the earlier draft of the movie. I've mentioned this, in, I think, in Titanic. Uh, yeah. I, yeah I, I, this is the movie with the line from Titanic. The anecdote said, came crashing back to me last night yeah, when she said it. Here's... Uh, here's uh, I don't remember. There's, there's, by the way, you know, in joke there, she's wearing a Hulk t-shirt. Bill Bixby, co-star of the original My Favorite Martian, went on to become the uh, TV Hulk. And also she hulks out at the end. And she hulks out at the end, which wasn't even intended as the joke. <laughs> but that, it's, it's weird how that makes it seem even more clever than we actually were being at the time. Um, it's, yeah, it's especially odd because even the setup for the joke of her hulking out with the whole like, you know, this, this, this gum is from Venox 7. You know, don't, you know, don't. Yeah. Not this one. That, yeah. was, that, that was it originally. That was not a setup. Are you serious? For, yeah, wow. that was just a thing that he said in that line, in that scene. And when Donald came to me and said, look, we're thinking about doing a whole other monster scene with Daryl where Zoot gives her the gum. And I was like, and it's the thing from Vinox 7. And he goes, yeah. And it was immediately like, I totally get it. I totally get why. That, I can't. It's one of those things where you go, I can't believe that wasn't always the idea. And we just yeah. somehow those pages have been left out until now. But no, <laughs> the entire setup was there and someone had to go. Well, isn't that a payoff that doesn't she get the gum and turn into a monster and save the day? Like, Somebody gets the gum yeah. and turns into a monster. No, yeah. but that's awesome. And we should totally do that. Or so. that it's not the other way around that you were like somebody in the production said, oh, we need another thing for the end. OK, she'll turn into a monster. OK, how do we go back and yeah, it's like, first? Yeah, act? you would think that we went back it's and either set it one up. or the other. Yeah. yeah, but no, it was it's the joke about the gum and Vinox 7. Just say no to Vinox 7. That was the joke, and it ended there. That was not set up as a setup, mm. and it was so funny because as soon as Don, but like I said, as soon as Donald was telling me about it, I was like, because I'd been there for the VNX Seven joke because that was a zoot scene, and and I was like, it's what the VNX Seven gum does, and he was like, I know, it's like, oh shit, we're gonna look like rock stars, <laughs> like we like we knew what we were doing all along. So it's I will tell you this that this movie, like I said, some of the changes. Like the Lizzie Venox Seven, I, amazing, brilliant change. I can't, you know, you can't even imagine the movie without it because yeah. it makes so much sense. And yet, strangely enough, the movie didn't have that until very late in production. Um, and yet, it seems very organic and seems like, well, duh, of course that's where that was all going. Um, those kind of choices were great. Other choices, specifically the toilet scene, which also is a whole thing. And I had nothing to do with that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> that was like, well, and that's not. That's just, you know, noise and bullshit yeah. for the sake of sound having an action scene. And, you know, that doesn't come from anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so, so the, like I said, the movie, there were good choices being made. But then there was a point when choices starting going off the rails again and not being that great. But I will say this. I, I think about this, but oh my God, look oh. at this. Look at this. <laughs> look at that. That human? Yeah. That human. That's not a visual effect. That's a person. Oh. Yeah, she's Walking pretty. the planet. That's a very pretty I don't know. Version. The cleavage seems like a little bit like a visual effect. But uh, I'm not complaining. Yeah, well, I think, you know, a visual effect that uh, dress designers have been pulling on us for, for centuries. Yes. Anyway, yeah. I like the... I like the uh, for this full body shot. Actually, I was, I was in dailies when they were showing the shot with the head or whatever else, you know, and, and the visual effects producer said, so you guys think that uh, shot uh, looks good? Is that shot with a full body shot yeah. of Liz Hurley in the, in the doorway and the, yeah. the head in the foreground? And the guys think that shot looks good. And I was there just waiting for my shots because I wasn't anything to do with those shots. I was like, I think it looks great. And she, <laughs> and she was like, she was like, oh, do you, you don't see the seam of the, the severed head? And I was like, what severed, severed head? head? <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? 
Of the, course. The human being who's looking at the severed head mat line in that shot is not a human being we need to be concerned about because that's not a human <laughs> if being. If you look at this shot long enough, you'll notice Christopher Lloyd in it. You might notice that Christopher Lloyd's severed head is in the foreground. When you see it. <laughs> for me, it took 11 times. Yeah. But, uh, I like for the whole how long, like, the, the movie was, it started to have it was, it was starting to get really good, and then it got overdone at the end. I like the analogy of putting it in the oven. Like, yeah. you're baking it. Yeah. Like, oh, man, it smells great. It's about, it's. Is, like, it is it burning? Is it burning? I feel burning. like it's burning. It's Guys, little, we should probably take also, it out. Also, I put some bacon on top at the last minute. It's a chocolate cake. Really, do you think bacon was what it was called for? That's It was a lot of that. But I will yeah. say that that I more than any other movie... Um, I, she this, really struggles to get comfortable, by the way. Like, yeah, really. And I love, as far as she knows, it. it's just a weird. And and you know, props bluster. to her. I didn't. I just didn't deal with her. But props to her because she does. And she has her comedy bit later where she's Martian. She's Martin. Where I think she's awesome. I think she's hysterically funny when she's having that meltdown. Um, and the dailies were even funnier oh, at, the, at the news desk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the dailies were even funnier because, of course, they just sort of let let it roll, yeah. and it just went on and on and on and on. And it was she was great. She was very funny. But. Um, it, I, I would give Don, uh, Donald uh, gave Donald lots of credit because Donald because of his hey you know best idea wins you know Walter Matthau said a totally different line and it was hysterical so it's in you know that's his sensibility as he likes to riff with it um, a lot of that strangely enough years later informed me in my how I made Pink Five where I was like you know I I said you know I could totally change the whole ending of this movie in post if that's a better way to go with it. You know, which I did uh, in many ways, you know, and, and there's a lot of details and things in Pink Five that seem very organic and like they were there from the beginning. But nope, you know, it was like I, we had a rough cut and I was like, you know, it would be so much better. And than what I have is this whole other idea. And I wonder how few shots I can get that idea in here without uh, totally breaking the bank. And and most of the time I would think about my favorite Martian because my favorite Martian that happened a lot not always for the best but the openness to that i thought was was kind of surprising like wow this is a big studio movie where we're kind of winging it every day in a sense that's cool it seems like the question then becomes is what's a good mechanism for knowing at what point you you've baked it enough and it's time to lay the hands off like that's 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 the key like how how do you know and obviously it's a question of multiple people just there yeah, that's there. You go. It's nice. The, the whole like individual split. body parts sequence, I find actually really impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Also, I'm, I'm, just those props. The arm, like yeah. when, it, when it's just like a, a prop arm. Those that's arms all, look really good. It's all ADI. Yeah, they look I, really real and creepy. I yeah. regret, you know, I, I regret that you know these are the kind of shots that are happening that I didn't get to be part of. You know, yeah. I was like, I, I would have been fun. You know, it's like, and it was really fun to see them come together in dailies because because again we would have group dailies with the director. You know, every effects company would come in with their shots of the day, and we just take our turn so you'd see what other people's dailies were like and so so we you know i saw a lot of these shots and and you know it's it's great because it's every trick in the book it's sometimes it's an rc arm and sometimes there's some green screen and sometimes there's some set removal and sometimes it's sometimes the practical guys built a crazy set piece that you know hides him in its force perspective and they the, the the coolest thing that the that the practical guys did of many cool things is is an effect that's so invisible that i don't think you can even see it and yet it's freaking genius and it's the scene when the car comes out of the bathroom mm-hmm. that is entirely in camera practical and it's not just the fact that it comes through a, you know crashes through a wall with a guy sitting on the hood because yeah. that's that's standard you know in, in movie we, we, we can do that yeah but if you look really close and unfortunately you have to look really close the car is coming out of a room that is smaller than the car is because it's the bathroom 
and it's an in-camera effect that was genius to watch them do it on set. And you, I think you literally have to freeze frame it to even appreciate how amazing that is because it's mm-hmm. totally not... It totally doesn't pay off, but they did an amazing job. But if you look at uh, you look at that shot of the car coming out of the bathroom with the guy on the hood, and you know, sadly, all of that was to support that sequence, which I'm not a fan of. But and that was another late addition. That whole thing with the, that whole part with the there was the sewer chase was always in, but the guy and the toilet and all that that was a late addition. So very sad. But the again, the practical effects guys just amazing stuff that they can come up with you know disney just as a general rule every time a fat man shits on your lead characters you've made a tone <laughs> you've error. made a tonal error pretty much or you know unless you know you're the frelly brothers and you started that way yeah. and you, that's your movie <laughs> but basically that okay oh okay okay so here's here we go just this is a zoot scene this is this is where me and daryl you know bonded and started to work together um so yeah this whole this the scene when she bloops in there, I think the shot that's actually in the movie is probably the stunt woman, but Daryl did it herself on her take. <laughs> this is the, you know, the fall that she did without, uh, without being told that she was supposed to do it. She's like, oh, aren't I supposed to go in? Yes, but you're not, you're not supposed to go in. See this girl dressed just like you <laughs> waiting <laughs> to do the thing? So yeah, so there's the yank, and you know she was just supposed to bend down, and you know, bloop. But uh, yeah, because because the rest of the shot, this that's the stunt woman, because we had the timing with turns into the effects plate with the yeah. with the bag and everything else. So that's the that's the stunt girl. But uh, Daryl did it. Like God damn, don't do that, Daryl. <laughs> we have insurance on you. Yeah, really, Jesus, we need more shots of you. Come on. Hmm. So this, uh, how the hell? Oh, he's there is. There, I think this is a green screen plate. I think there. I think it was a Moco camera with a green screen, as I recall. Nice. So this, um, I've told this story before. I don't know if I've told it in the show, but uh, in one of the episodes. But uh, yeah. So so we proceeded to do all these scenes with Daryl Hannah and our our suit stuck together. So I spent a fair amount of time working with Daryl Hannah, so more than anyone else, really. But um, and and I love her to this day. Call me Daryl, but. Tell us why your name is Daryl. <laughs> yeah, it's really what happened there. It's probably there. And 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 I'm, she had a weird finger even then, and I I never knew that. So uh, anyway, what was I gonna talk about? The some the, some bullshit. Thing. Oh, the the practical effects guys. I've told this story before. Uh, I think this is my opportunity to tell it again before we have a another zoot scene. Um, you guys will recognize this story because I've told it. But now that this now that the now that the spaceship has been shrunk in that garage set. We would we were still shooting plates and we're shooting, of course, out of chronological order. So we would shoot scenes like, okay, we shoot the washing machine scene, and then Donald would go, oh, you know what? We were looking at the rest of the scene in editing, and I kind of need a turnaround where Zoot's in the foreground and the spaceships in the background. I think the the shot in question's already come up. It's when Zoot is drinking the the fabric softener, but um, it's like, oh, we need to turn around, so we need to get a plate of looking the other direction of Zoot, you know, in the foreground and Martin working on the spaceship in the background. And the and the spaceship had already been moved out of the garage set because it was movies. You know, it was done, and you know, it was wrapped on that set. As far as the practical plates, practical shots had been done, and it was off, moved to another set. And so we're like, oh well, but wait, continuity wise, if we turn around, the spaceship's supposed to be there. And, oh, okay, well, mm, uh-huh. and so well, can you put the spaceship in digitally? I was like, well, but we don't do the spaceship. John Van Vliet does the spaceship. We're just the 
creature guys we don't we don't have a spaceship as a model when john uses light wave and we use soft image it's completely impossible we can't put the spaceship <laughs> in um welcome to 1999 like, i'm not in the spaceship union okay yeah exactly so we bring john in you know a lot of stuff we're, we're three-way consults and we bring john in like okay john here's the thing we need to do a plate so it's a plate for us but we need the spaceship in the background and we don't have the spaceship anymore so could you how do we do this could you could you take the plate and it's your plate, but then you put the spaceship in, but then you give it to us. But that means we have to scan it twice because you don't do you scan differently than we scan, and your format is this, and our format is that. And and okay, well wait, what if we and we had a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy conversation where it was there was no good way at the time with the tools that we had available and the fact that there were two different effect shops with completely different pipelines. There was no clean, easy way to get the spaceship back in the background of the shot. The practical effects guys were standing by. They listened to this for about 10 minutes and then finally stepped in and said, or we could go get the spaceship and have it back here in 10 minutes. (laughs) And all of us digital fucks went, let's do that. (laughs) Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So that was, again, that was a very informative to me thing is, you know, don't be too, don't be too impressed by this technological terror you've constructed. Always ask, what if we can just, can we just bring the spaceship back? Whatever the equivalent of that is when you're talking about a complicated digital thing. First, ask if the, if the guys could just bring the spaceship back. Uh, yeah, can just you, matter of formality, guys. Any chance you could uh, bring it just back? Yeah. How, do we, how like, do we remove that car? Well, first of all, what if we drove it over there? Does, that, does anyone have the keys? <laughs> yeah, let's the just start with that, and then we'll talk about the digital solutions. <laughs> is there any way we can film this with a camera yes. before we create it with a computer yes just just just, just i'm just you know, want to put that out there just want to say just want to throw it out there so it was a great it was a great learning experience working on this movie you know sometimes by by negative example but you know uh it's it was a lot of you know just the problem solving and everything else now look at liz hurley she's totally she's totally nailing this she's hilarious in this yeah She's doing a great job. And people I know are down there amongst her legular area with uh, tentacle controls. And uh, and good for them. Just be cool, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold it together, man. Cool. Hold it together. <laughs> After today, we're going to have a... Uh, well, anyway. Um, how many shots ultimately was it? On the order of like 100, probably, I, right? I don't think it was even that much. I mean, Troopers was barely 100. Um, the, the, uh, I, is, this, uh, is this before, after, during uh, Phantom Menace? Like, how is that? Right around your, the time, 99. Your, I mean, it's yeah. contiguous. I, I don't know. This movie so didn't like play a role. I think this in movie your... came, I think this movie, check me if I'm wrong, IMDb users. I think it came out, came out in February 99. Is my guess. That's I think that's when it debuted. It came out in February '99. We shot it in '98. Um, so that's a couple, that's like three months before, before Phantom Menace. Yeah, May Phantom 20, Menace May, would have been May. Yeah, classic May release for uh, Phantom Menace. So yeah, initial so. release February twelfth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so a, a Valentine's Day movie. Almost. Yes, a good a good date movie, a yeah. fine date movie. A fat man shits on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's for you know for kids. <laughs> Who wants to buy the toy of the shit-covered car? <laughs> it's a comedy scene. It's shits and giggles. Yeah, sometimes literally with the shits. It's fantastic. Oh, how's that for a crime-fighting team? 
shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Get right on it. Come on, giggles. Yeah. Just always freaked me out because I always remember Shelly again that that scene. It was like, oh my gosh, when he's freaking out at the console again. That was just an improv that went on for like eight minutes and was hilarious. And I always remembered that guy. And then two, three years ago, when he was like suddenly accused of murder, I was like, wow. You think you know people? You think you know people? And uh, what are you going to do? I'm surprised by how I don't know why, but I'm surprised by how much Christopher Lloyd moves in this movie, like. He was fast and batty on Taxi and Back to the Future and all that stuff. This is like 15 years later. He's getting up there yeah. at this point. And he's like jumping over furniture and shit and all this. Sh- and it's all the more crazy when you consider the fact that right after camera starts, stops rolling, he just goes back into being this like sedentary, static, like yeah. statue in he, the corner he guy. He saves it for the take. He always does. He well, he seems, you know, from that scene in the beginning where he's naked, he seems to be a gentleman in pretty good shape. Yeah, like you know, surprising muscle definition for Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> so Trey, or for anyone, you didn't get to do uh, <laughs> you did you did no animation on this one, did you? Which one uh, on Starship uh, Martians? Martian, Starship Troopers, my favorite Martian. Like Martian, actual hands-on keyframing of animation. You yeah, because there's a little bit of that you did in Troopers, wasn't there? Oh yeah, I would I would do cleanup on that. I I. Don't recall doing any anything. Uh, well, actually, no. I had to do some match moving of all things. Uh, I actually did some goddamn match moving on this thing, which is totally not my thing. Um, later with the Lizzie Monster scene, because the Lizzie Monster scene was such a crazy last minute cluster that uh, we didn't have good match move tools. I actually had to do a three D match move of the guy that that shot where she grabs the the big security guard and tentacle and, and flings him uh-huh. that big master shot I actually had to do the match move where I had to match move a little 3D object of him so that we could do our tentacle animation I had to, I remember doing that um, but yeah I didn't uh, I don't think I uh, I don't think I actually did any hands on animation animation I have to imagine that the, the rig for Zoot was such a would have been a huge pain in the ass it's it was nuts because you can twist it to infinity yeah it's it's how do you One know? of the reasons why is by the time there was an animatable zoot, I wouldn't, the learning curve of like how the hell to use it. You had to have a PhD in zoot. Yeah, it would have been like, ah, forget it. Let me just, I'll just tell you guys what he's supposed to do. Uh, I have no idea how this works. Now, the cars aren't you. The no, cars are. Cars are John Van Vliet. Available Light was the company he had at the time. Hmm. A little bit of reproduction going on right By there. the way, there's a little bit of everything in this. You know, obviously, we got RC cars are working in this and, uh, and everything else. And so this whole sewer sequence got bigger and bigger and, and turns into you know, a digital scene once it goes digital and they shrink down again. That, that whole sort of more of it, it originally ended differently. Um, that was also a very late addition where it's like, okay, we need to go bigger and bigger and add more action scenes and pump it up and Disney will give us a little more money to do it. Um, John basically, as I recall it, he he did an animatic of, well, I could do this with an all digital car and an all digital sewer tunnel, and so when it turns into this, you know, digital digital chase through the sewer tunnel, um, John kind of invented that concept on himself and sold it to the to the director and said, well, I can, if you shoot these plates, I'll you know I'll, I can turn this into this movie. I can do do the sequence. It's like okay, so there it was. Hmm. So yeah, see now it's kind of you know now it's become a digital. This whole extra additional thing was a, a late a late addition, and I forget I forget how this I don't remember how this scene resolved before the toilet resolution that it now has, 
But um, before the scene went into the toilet. Yeah, before the scene literally went to the toilet. <laughs> it's a weird man. Mars bar in joke. Get it? No, oh, I didn't until just now. So no. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> um, it's. The, the the process by which these movies kind of get put into the oven and then how long they stay in there is such a weird kind of like you wouldn't care at all unless you worked on it <laughs> sort of thing where it's like you know we could have made a good movie really good movie like with everything just batting like all cylinders firing off movie movie yeah and well, then everyone throws in a scene here there everywhere yeah, everyone and, gets to put in one more scene yeah well it's it's you know if you're just coming to a movie to, to watch it not knowing how it was made it, it's a binary thing right either you like the movie or you don't yeah yeah but when you work on it you're like oh man just you like, see all the opportunities it could have had just 10 percent less that and it would have been yeah. so much better i can't remember which i can't remember when this happened but i remember i was at a party one time where there were there was you know kids are playing behind the bar and uh, and a guy comes up to me and goes hey I was like, what are you drinking? He goes, I don't know. The kids made it for me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what's in it? He goes, I think everything. And uh, so it was that kind of joke. So, so this is just one of those, this is one of those things where you know, I think everybody involved was like, really? All right. You know, again, God bless everybody for being, okay, for being game and doing it. But uh, so, so if you can catch it, if you can spot it, the shot of the car bursting out of the wall, the wide shot, look behind there. Yeah, see, it's all cut around. They didn't even use it properly. But it's like it's amazing how in camera that car seemed to come out of that bathroom and it made sense visually. It was, was it just like a... The way they, they had a whole thing where as the car was pulling through, the, the wall was closing behind it. Wow. So oh, to wow. camera, it looked like the wall had been there all night. It was genius. It was freaking genius. I showed up for work that day. And uh, yeah, those, those effects guys. Don't, yeah. don't mock the $6 million man. Those guys knew what they were doing. So this whole thing with the cars covered with actual shit, I mean, oh, man, this is just where I go. I just, mm. Who? There's who the nothing, hell? There's nothing. Whose idea? Yeah, I know. It's just like, who, uh, where did that come from exactly? Just. Yeah. I think, you know, you, to your point earlier where you were talking about how do you know when enough is too much. I, I, I mean, movies can come together in any different way. I mean, it can be Kubrick where every single detail is planned from the get-go or, you know, or Hitchcock or, or, or Fincher or whatever. Or you can be like Lucy Goosey and like, look, we're just going to kind of put yeah. all of our ideas in a pile. I think just someone, someone somewhere in that process has to be the final arbiter of tone and taste. Yeah. And Well, usually that would be a director. Yeah. And I think, and I... I you know, and I don't. I don't want to denigrate Donald because I think Donald's a great guy. And but Donald was. And I've know, liked his movies. Donald was like Donald on this movie, and we all were. We're all. You know, we're just. We're just. Hey, we're all just working for the man. You know. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's larger gods on this. We're one. all just working for the company, and the company says, "Yeah, let's do that." And we, okay, we'll just. All right, fine. So the the mouse is somewhere. Yeah, the, the mouse is in charge, really, and, and he's the final arbiter. Runs all our Donald, destinies, yeah. and it's like that's what you want us to do. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I, the, the executive in charge, the Disney executive, I, you know, again, I didn't deal at that level much at all, but there was, there were a couple of Disney executives who would come by and just kind of, we all knew like, oh, those are the Disney guys. Um, Eisner and his pit crew? Not those guys, you know, middle management, you know, the guys who were assigned to our, our project, you know, just would come in and, and check on us. I imagine them with like suits and aviators. They were, they were just regular. I, I imagine them as the men in black. They were regular guys. No, they were, pretty, yeah, they were more normal than that. But <laughs> the FBI agents—they have like the little like coily ear radio and shit. They just—they're talking. To me. Did, they're talking to Mickey Mouse. I did have the one of the guys that we dealt with most directly is like uh, is uh, 
I'm not, yeah, I don't remember his name. Okay, here's the scene. Like, like, okay, here, for example, she's going to hug him. She's hugging him and patting his back. He's not there. She's hugging. She's reacting to him. She's focusing her eyes. She's patting him. That's her by herself is how that shot started with that whole thing. Yeah, you've. I didn't have an opinion about Daryl Hannah one way or the other until this episode, but the more you point out her performances, the more I'm like, she's actually... She's bringing it. She's bringing it. She's bringing it hard. Um, the... the there was a Disney executive who would be a guy that we would see around and, you know, we had a lot of downtime and we'd be out back, you know, and hanging and smoking cigarettes and just chitting, chit-chatting. And somehow or other, whatever topical it came up with, this is one of those typical sort of studio executive horror story minor ones. I was talking to the guy and we're just having a chat about science fiction movies and he said some studio executive-y kind of thing like, well, science fiction movies, you know, you got to have a big name. You know, in the lead. Otherwise, you can't. They don't. They don't really actually sell. You need a big name in the lead. Um, uh huh. And he goes, and I said, I said, well, maybe nowadays, but it hasn't always been that way. He goes, no, no, it's always been that way. And I was like, well, you mean like Alien? <laughs> and, and he's like, Sigourney Weaver was the lead in that's, Alien. That's exactly what he said. He goes, he looked at me like I was an idiot, going, Sigourney Weaver is an Alien. She wasn't <laughs> anyone before Alien. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, and I thought it was. I think it was because. He was maybe too young and didn't know right. that it was Alien that made Sigourney <laughs> Weaver the formerly unknown into a movie star. But, uh, you know, well, or, what are you going to do? Or Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> star Wars, you know, has got Harrison Ford. Alec Guinness, thank you. Okay, so so here we go. Okay, this is a fairly major zoot scene. Let's focus up a little bit here. Um, so uh, some of these shots, I, I kind of directed them uh, just because, you know, that's how it worked and especially these shots where here comes Zoot and he's doing a thing and, and now watch he's gonna he takes these guys badges that's interactive with the guys he hands her the card that's interactive with the special effects guys then he chases everyone else out of the room wahoo it's all good so so these like those shots shots like that here's what's going on this wasn't shot in a uh, soundstage in a studio we didn't shoot this on the Disney lot or anything they rented we they rented for whatever reason an old warehouse downtown gigantic warehouse um and here comes the big, uh, the big scene. So, we'll we'll talk about the big scene, but put a pin in that because I want to tell one story about the making of this scene. But all this stuff with the Lizzie monster, it was a different thing where it was just a fight, and the whole gumball part of it came right at the end of production. So, but we had to deal with the, we had to work closely with these two guys. The big, big guy is called Bear. I can't remember the Jean Claude Van Damme lookalike's name. But uh, they were both totally cool guys, actual working stuntmen who, you know, did these falls. And nice fist. All, yeah. All this, all this in, and nice hat on the falling down on the head, too. That's, you know, bravo. Bear just did this jump. And again, you're not seeing the landing, which was frightening to watch. But he, see, that, see he's back there on the ground. He did that practically on, on screen. Just Wait, did it. Not onto a, not onto a mat. No mat. Freaking did it. Jesus. Yeah. In fact, we, we showed the, the, run, the run-through to Donald because Donald was shooting his A scenes on another stage. And we would show the scenes to Donald, and he would go, great. And he goes, but um, that's great. Just frame it up so you're off the mat because we showed him the rehearsal. And he goes, no, we'll take the mat out for the shot. The stunt guy said that. And Don, Donald was incredulous, too. He's like, Are he's you just sure? going to do it on the floor? He's going to jump over and land on the floor seven feet down? It's like, yeah. He's a stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, what? So just if, we're, if you're in sync with us, watch this shot. Okay, here comes. Look at the shoulder. That's Daryl doing that. That's no one else. That's great. Uh, okay, and then cut away. But this was still one take. She's actually in the same take. She's pushing it in her mouth. She's reacting to that. She does the eye line, and then she picks it up. That used to be all one shot, and that's how she did it, and that's how we delivered it. Way to go. 
So then the Lizzie Monster, which, okay, so now we're at the Lizzie Monster. This is such an interesting and this looking is still critter. <laughs> it's no. still Daryl. Um, well, it's her dress. Yeah. We, had to, we had to do a whole thing. But yeah, okay, so the scene, there's a big shot coming up. There's, I track him there. That's the match move. This big shot coming up where the guy runs up the stairs, a big wide shot where Lizzie jumps over the camera, lands on the table, knocks shit off the table, all that kind of stuff. That's my Jurassic Park shot. I directed this shot. Second unit, me and the guys from the practical effects company. Camera's tracking. It's insane. For 1999, for a low budget, relatively movie, that's an insane shot to be doing where the camera's moving yeah. and all that interaction with all that stuff. And then, the, but then... Even when we're doing this scene, we're like, yeah, we love the idea, but she actually eats the guy? And then goes back to being herself. And then goes back to being herself. We're like, she eats him? Does she now weigh as much as two normal Yeah, that was... This is amazing, by the way. Yeah, and this transition, which, of course, is obviously her, and we just... We we literally, with a Sharpie, put some dots on her, um, and and she did it, and, you know, had her acted out, like, okay, come down the stairs like you've got big tentacles, and, you know, you're, you're twice your weight, and then gradually turn back into yourself by the time you're at the bottom of the thing so huh again daryl daryl hannah who knew all right so we're mostly done now so uh take a step back one of my favorite stories about making that whole sequence um like i said the 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 the, this isn't a regular soundstage this was in a giant the former lowry's spice factory downtown giant empty warehouses lowry's you know the, the seasoned salt people um had this big spice factory downtown near Dodger Stadium that they had closed down and was empty, and they would rent it out for whatever. So and, and it was so it became kind of a cheap sort of second level movie studio space for people to shoot at. It was a very weird weird place, um, but they had these big rooms. But it wasn't a real soundstage, so you're kind of sometimes dealing with like that. The science lab there is kind of half the actual room it's in kind of built into a set so things like that were going on but um so we were in this giant warehouse space the that lab set and all the lab sets are a redress of the same lab set so the scene we were just in with zoot on the rampage is the same set as we're looking at now um that set is on one side of this giant empty warehouse space and then they would build other insert sets and like like the norad set and all that stuff those are also built and it was norad that was that was is the set in question. Just hang a wall and put stuff on it. Exactly. So across the room. So, you know, we're plate unit. You know, this (laughs) first, first unit has moved off of, moved off of, uh, you know, our, our set. And now we're doing our plates there. Plate unit. Yeah. Meanwhile, across the way is, you know, Donald and, and first unit is doing, you know, NORADs is doing the NORAD scenes. I'm pretty sure that that's what they were literally doing. Those NORAD scenes. Um, so their first unit and we're, and we're sharing a room. We're in one giant room together. So when they would go on a bell, they would ring their bell. You know, we're on a bell. Shut up. Yeah. We would have to hold a work. You know, we would have to stop prepping. And then, you know, and and our first AD would constantly be annoying their first AD by going, are you guys still on a bell? It's been like 11 minutes. Like, oh, Donald got into a riff with they were improving. And, you know, (laughs) technically, I guess we've cut. Like, well, you we're trying to shoot over here. You know, tell us what you're. You know, we're holding for your freaking bell. I hate that so much. Yeah. So, but then what happened was, okay, so we're building up to, you know, my Jurassic Park shot that we had just there. And and the sh- and it kept snowballing. It was like stone soup. It was like, wait, should we are going to move the camera on this? Okay, conference with the with the 
with my you know match move guys it's like we can well yeah we can move we can track it it's a rectangle we can make it work we'll put the we'll do it all right yeah we'll do a track shot we'll do we'll do we shot a lock off plate as well we shot that same action with a lock off plate for safety but ended up using the, the tracking one so so I got two for now I've got two cameras now I got two cameras rolling I'm rolling two cameras I'm rolling pyro. I've got pyro working. I've got practical effects working. I've got one of the actual actors. I've got the stuntman actor um, in the shot. And it's like, well, is he going to be screaming at stuff? Yeah, I guess he is. Well, we better roll sound. Don't you think? Okay, so the sound cart comes over and we get the sound guy and we start rolling. And we're prepping this giant shot. And every 11 seconds, it feels like Bing. we're holding for a bell. Yeah. Because first unit is shooting there. Same. Um, <laughs> 20 minutes later are you guys done yeah exactly. oh yeah we've been done for 19 minutes sorry yeah, exactly the punchline of all that <laughs> was so now i've got okay you know i've got two cameras i've got a guy i've got rolling sound i've got anything i've got this doing giant shot with the effects practical and i've got pyro going on mr hollywood over I've, here. I've got all this i'm making i'm pulling all this out of my ass and not you know having to hide the fact that i'm pretending to direct this thing um and having the time of my life and the most annoying thing is we're holding for a bell. And then our AD, who was normally the second AD, bumped up to be our AD for a plate unit, um, <laughs> finally asked the question. Can we do that, too? No. He says, he says, what are you guys shooting over there, by the way? And the first AD over there um, kind of reluctantly uh, said, um, uh, we're shooting... Um, actually, right now, we're shooting uh, close-ups of... Uh, one of our extras typing on a keyboard. Oh, God damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, MOS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Exactly. I knew it. It was coming. And, MOS and, means no sound. And I was like, I heard this and I was like, I was like, are you next to Donald? Because <laughs> you know, she's standing next to Donald. On the, on, and I was like, give me the radio. <laughs> and I said oh. something along the lines of Donald. Hey, Donald, it's Trey. Come in. Like, hey, Trey, how's it going over there? I was like, Donald. I got two cameras rolling over here. I got stunts working. I'm rolling sound. I'm doing pyro and practical effects. And you're shooting a close-up of hands on a keyboard, MOS? And he goes, I guess that's right. I was like, stop ringing your goddamn bell. I'm trying to make a movie over here. You are second unit right now, my friend. (laughs) Oh, man. That's amazing. You are second unit. You're on my bell. Shut the hell up. That's great. So we haven't even mentioned the fact that, uh, and there's a cameo. Yes, of course. Yeah, with the, the whole, the whole reference to Ray Walston and, you know, yes, the, the, the tie in that he's the original Martian from the original show and he's been here the whole time. And who I, you know, I've, I'd never seen the original TV show until I watched the pilot for, for this episode. Uh, but he's Boothby from Star Trek, which of course. blew my mind. And he's in the sting. He's, uh, he's one of the guys. Well, in the yeah, sting. other bullshit too, but the yeah, important thing exactly. is he's in Star Trek. And he's in, uh, uh, you know, some people think of him from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Mr. Hand. And ah, that's it, what it was. Yeah. Okay, I was You ordered remember. a pizza? Yeah. It's Ray Walston. Yeah, he, uh, I, of, of anything in this movie, I think I probably geeked out the most over him. Because yeah. I, I, I watched hell. I watched My Favorite Martian when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, that was, that was. Now, can we please address the fact that just people trust me seti doesn't have yeah like combat ready (laughs) armament yeah uh those guys typically don't intersect often with i don't know seal team six or whatever the fuck they're in this movie not a lot of crossover there seti is like pencils and telemetry and listening to signals not so much with the Ram Jam and yeah and the secret lab where they do the alien autopsies m16s that are fully tricked out remember contact 
yeah. more guys that. marching like like, like jogging in formation and saying hut a lot like that's that but even less sexy so yeah, yeah. so <laughs> not even as attractive as it's not Freddy even Foster. as attractive as blind Fickner <laughs> well, not even that on. cool nothing is as attractive as Fickner in any well all I'm saying is that true. blind Fickner doesn't look too well ho hey, hey! see you can uh, it's a fake character he can see wouldn't have figured him for a polo man <laughs> As I recall, this this last little final button with the uh, with Wallace, he, he, Wallace Shawn, yeah, taken he away. turns into the alien and then he gets the one who gets dragged away. I, I think that was kind of like, oh, you know, what we could have happen is you know, blah blah blah. So um, I I don't remember and I wasn't involved. <laughs> I just sort of remember that seemed to be one of the ones that kind of showed up in at the last minute as an idea, like, oh, let's do that. Now I've had this weird thing where I I grew up with Princess Bride for one thing, so I love Wallace Shawn. He I I will always love him, but I've had this thing recently where I've when you go back and watch like this or like my dinner with Andre or even parts of Princess Pride or whatever. Um, and you know, Wally Sean was originally a playwright. He became an actor sort of by accident because Andre, and then he just kept acting because people yeah. thought he was funny and had a great voice for this kind of thing. And, <laughs> you, uh, you but, should be on stage. But he didn't start, face. he didn't start as an actor and I've gone back recently and watched him and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, he's really, he, he's got a great voice, but he's not a very good actor. Like I, I really don't buy him most of the time. And, that's sacrilege. I'm speaking sacrilege to myself when I say that. He's great as a like a voice in a voice acting role because then he can just give you the voice performance. I kind of had the same thing with Chris Rock for a lot of the stuff I've seen Chris Rock in, where his voice is perfect, but his face doesn't really move with the voice in the right way to make it seem like it's a, an authentic thing that he's saying. Uh, but then anytime you just hear Chris Rock talking, it's totally works. So I don't know. But. <coughs> I've, I'm 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 cooling down on Wally Shawn and it's bumming me out. That's a shame. Everybody grows up eventually. In, in I didn't want to lose Wallace Shawn. <laughs> in, in reference to once once it was established that that Lizzie eats a guy, um, we, I wanted this little happy little coda to start. I suggested it. I knew I wouldn't get any traction. It was a joke, but it was like I suggested that this should start where when she comes into the room, he's waiting for her because she's in the bathroom. He goes, "How long are you gonna be in there?" She goes, "Gonna be a couple more minutes." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But wow, I'm gonna feel so good when I come out. Oh boy, I had to digest. That's how to do toilet humor, right? That's I how had you to do digest it. a whole wacky. Yeah, yeah. I swallowed a stunt guy. What'd you do after Martian? What happened after this? I left Tippet Studio. <laughs> I moved back down. You dropped here. the mic. Yeah. Like, peace. Peace. Peace out. The uh, again, the, there's some <laughs> plate unit out. Some stories that, again. Like I won't go into the whole detail, but. Um, there was uh, there was uh, some issues with uh, the fact that this was we're very low budget. We were fighting with the studio a lot. We had to you know deal with budgetary stuff. Um, Phil was not entirely happy with the various ways that I sort of uh, you know handled some of these things, and I kept going. You should have seen what they wanted to do, but um, it got it got a little contentious uh, back home. And uh, by the time by the time I finished the year of working on this movie and having spent then. At that point, two and a half years on what in my brain was location in Berkeley, I'd kind of had enough, and uh, and so I, I this that was the end of my employee at Tippett Studio. What did you do next? I moved back down here uh, and uh, did Polar Yellow Express. Submarine was next. Oh, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine was the next thing. Didn't you do and that? Wasn't that in Japan? You didn't do that in the United States, though, did you? Well, we did the production was here. the The installation was in Berlin, in All Japan. Right. Berlin, Berlin. Oh, Christopher Lloyd. There's a big thing about these props. These, these, the, oh, because, you know, again, we had to, the 
prop department had to come up with these props, but we had to come up with the one that he hands Zoot, which meant, well, wait, if he hands it to Zoot, we have to model it. And so all these decisions would ripple back and forth in the way that Donald was so used to going, just, oh, great, use that prop. And we have to go, oh, nope, not so fast. That's complicated. Are you yeah, sure it's like, you it's like, want a, to use it's that like a flower yeah. pot with a flower in it. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no God, no, 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 please, anything but that. The featureless steel ball. Yes, that one. Yes, Can it be like a bowling the featureless ball? steel ball. <laughs> Can it be a Christmas ornament? That'd yeah. be great. The I will say again the the, the crew it became a running joke and we just encouraged it because whatever made them happy but the crew really 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 didn't get the gray sphere they really didn't get it a lot, well, of, I, it, a lot of them hadn't seen it before they didn't understand it they thought it was just goofy as hell um, there's something yeah. weird and like just alchemically interesting <laughs> I, that's me performing that magazine by the way thank you very much oh uh, so it's brilliant trip yeah brilliant. thank you was this before or after you were saying i got to puppeteer yeah <laughs> i was saying but um anyway uh what was i what was i talking about there what bullshit was i saying that time uh uh yellow submarine yellow submarine or some goddamn thing um i don't know, forget never mind yeah. who cares Doesn't uh matter. no the uh, gray ball the, the gray ball right so yes thank you so in fact we you know i said to the visual Fox supervisor i said we should do before we shoot we should have a little 10 minute powwow with the crew. Just, you know, everyone's on set. Guys, we're not doing a voodoo curse. There's a this. thing that we're going to do. It's going to seem weird, but it's, it's vital for our visual effects. And she was like, we're not going to do a 10 minute thing. And then, you know, in a way that, you know, I sure I, enough, you had to individually explain it. to Exactly. Everyone. It's like then every time we did it, the crew was already breaking and rapping. We're like, no, we can't. Don't nobody move. We have to do the gray sphere. And then we go, what is that about? It was like, well, if only we could have, you know, addressed yeah. you all as a group the way we wanted to. Uh, but we were told we didn't have time for that. So instead, we have time to have to stop you from breaking down every set as soon as the director says that's a wrap. Um so anyway, it's so it became a thing, and the crew would like make a joke of it. So we just encouraged them mocking us in our gray sphere because that at least was amusing for them, and they wouldn't <laughs> be pissed at us. So so we would do this whole thing where we would turn it into. I would go. I would just go, ladies and gentlemen, pray silence. Address the gray sphere, which will now mock amongst you. You know, do this like ridiculous, like it is like some satanic ritual. We're doing the gray sphere, ladies and gentlemen, will now approach you. Do not look directly upon the gray sphere. The gray sphere is not to be taunted or trifled with. Make not eye contact. Make not eye contact with the gray sphere, for the gray sphere will smite thee. The Did UPM's you, name is Daryl too, spelled the exact same way. That must have been tricky. It's yeah, it was. Oh, Daryl, what? What? It was a mess oh. on set. It was crazy all the time. UPM Daryl, sorry. So, so yeah, so it was, yeah, Zoot is himself. See, we didn't get a credit. Um, so <laughs> the, it was just, it was just a thing, you know, I was like, all right, you know, this, they're, they're never going to get it. <laughs> they just, we had, we had an actual practical Zoot. Obviously we had one of the B costumes. Um, I would usually, you know, walk it through. If he moved to the set, I would walk through. So we would have a lighting reference yeah. on the, on the suit material, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, see a lot of people, Greg, Greg Manning, Manning, Christine, Christine. Alexis. Yeah. Friends of mine to this day. And I get, didn't get to pull, pull cables with them. Uh, Trey, whatever happened to Marjorie McCown? Felt so weird. I, you know, I don't remember. Kenny Myers, makeup head. Yeah, Kenny. Assistant to the costume designer there. Yes, yes. Fine, fine people there. Yeah, April April and uh, John, the visual effects editors who worked with them, very closely with them, very cool people, very, very long-suffering. Wait, is that, that's now an effects plate? Oh, God, okay. Uh, being an effects editor. That's a, that's a rough job, especially back when it was film and you actually had to count the little frames, which is what this was. You know, oh man I think it's actually easy. so these guys Rich Ratliff and Greg Jensen and all that kind of stuff they all look like Wilford Brimley they're every they're like, it was like a cloud it was like a thing there we but, go 
And I was like, yeah, Who's Tommy? Tom, Schles- Tom Schlesny was the other guy when his movie wrapped. He was doing the other movie that was in-house. They wrapped early. He came on to help super- finish off. So... So I was animation supervisor as far as interfacing with production. Tom focused more with with gripping the animators back at the shop. He would do the more of the day to day talking to the animators, and I would do the more and more interfacing with production. Cool. So, um, dude, Zeon is a cool name. Oh, uh, Christian. That's how that's pronounced. Oh, really? That's Christian because it's cross. That's yeah. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> Zeon is so much cooler than that. I know. No, it's Christian. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's a. It's one of those things. No. So anyway, I this again. I apologize. This movie is uh, not great. Um, I don't think it was ever going to be great. I think it was briefly better before a few last changes. Then happened, it got burnt. Happened to it, and then it was in the oven for too long, yeah. and the kids mixed the drink and uh, had one too many drops of curacao in it or whatever else but um, Amalgamated Dynamics that is a great name for well, a company I, yeah well ADI has been around for forever yeah. they started with uh, Tremors was their first big movie after they left Stan Winston so it's not that great a movie but it was uh, great fun to work on and very educational and uh, kind of an interesting example of movies that I don't think Disney makes anymore. I yeah. really don't think they do. And it's weird because these kind of just grind them out comedies and we're all like, yeah, we're all just kind of, you know, yeah. none of us hates life, but none of us, you know, thinks we're doing Maltese Falcon here either. You know, we're just kind of... Uncle Martin theme direct, written by Danny Elfman. Yeah. Go figure. I didn't know that shit. Huh. There you go. Uh, Look, obviously not the original one because he wouldn't have been born. Right, yeah. But, but well, cool. Uh, anyway, so this this used to be what movies were like mostly. It's like, and it's still to this day. It's like if you if you work in a visual effects company like like I did, like oh my god, I get to work on Starship Troopers with Phil Tippett. This is like a dream come true. And I, you know, and it's like a job. This is an actual job. It's I can continue to work there. Then you're at the mercy of whatever the next movie that company does. So like, and now I get to work on Hotel for Dogs. My, yeah, and and it only got worse from there because after I left, those poor bastards had to do Beverly Hills Chihuahua and things like that. Wow. You know, it's it's not all Ted at Tippett Studio. I get paid for <laughs> doing, doing this. this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ugh. I this was a fun episode. I'm glad I watched the movie anyway, so, so that we could a glimpse under the hood of just making a disposable Disney comedy. There you go. If that's what you came for, if, I hope you got it. Yeah, we can rename the podcast "How to Make a Disposable Disney Comedy from 15 Years Ago." <laughs> yes, <laughs> for a mere 40 million dollars. Brian, do you have anything to add? I feel like I do not have a chance to to get my to, full opinion properly out. express you, yourself. Yeah. I have all sorts of great stories, your theories and stuff. Yeah. Nope. No, I'm done. All right, I'm done too. Trey, you all good? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's everything I meant. There's your unauthorized uh, commentary track for my favorite Martian, which uh, I'm never I'm never going to speak of it again. But uh, but just to recap, Donald Petrie, cool dude. Jeff Daniels, cool dude. Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, I hear a cool dude, but not related to this story. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, cool dude. Yeah. Daryl <laughs> Hannah, awesome human being. Call me Daryl, and I'll call you Daryl. Even though that freaks Brian out. <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley, not a human being, no. but awesome. Uh, yeah. Shelley Malil, murderer, strangely enough. So not an awesome human being. It's got Game of Thrones on this episode. It's, it suddenly <laughs> went all Game of Thrones at the end. Yeah. Uh, Tibbet Studio, excellent work. ADI, excellent work. Sean Van Vliet, excellent work. Wallace Shawn, kind of creepy. Mm. And Zoot. Zoot. Yeah, fine. Better before he talked. Yeah. Like so many actors. Wayne Knight, 
Congratulations on the paycheck. Yeah. This has been What Are You Doing Movie. You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forum, subscribe. Well, you know, you go to the forum and talk to us, or you can subscribe and get a brand new episode every single week, or you can do both, and I, I encourage you to do so. Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead, Facebook friends in your head, friends in your head at gmail.com. Uh, Holden Hill, design and maintain the website. And until next time, my name is Tig Christie. Brian Finifter. Trace Dokes. And this has been What Are You Doing Movie. Thank you, Mitchell Lizard, and good night. Good night. I am Zoot. <laughs> that would have been, imagine if that had been what we did. That would be 15 years earlier. I should have said that. I should have said, you were actually, he only said one line over and over again. I am Zoot. Friendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>